On October 30th, 1961, the Soviet Union detonated the largest explosion the world had ever seen before or since. The explosion was so huge that it permanently changed the course of nuclear weapons development. Learn more about the Tsar Bomba, the world's largest nuclear explosion, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by the Travel Photography Academy. Have you ever been on a trip and wondered why your photos don't turn out like the images you see in travel magazines? If you're going to spend thousands of dollars on a trip and hundreds to thousands of dollars on a camera, you owe it to yourself to get the highest quality images from your trip. That's why I created the Travel Photography Academy. I set out to travel around the world in 2007 with an expensive camera, and I had no idea how to use it. As I traveled around the world, I taught myself the art of travel photography eventually mastering it to a point where I was named Travel Photographer of the Year three times in North America. The Travel Photography Academy is an online course that teaches you everything you need to know to master your camera and to take better photos on your next trip. To improve your photography and to get better images on your next trip, visit TravelPhotographyAcademy.com or click in the link in the show notes. The United States detonated its first atomic bomb on July 16, 1945, at the Trinity Test Site in New Mexico. The Soviet Union detonated its first atomic device on October 29, 1949. Once the U.S. lost its monopoly on atomic weapons, an arms race began between the Americans and the Soviets. The arms race wasn't just a function of the number of weapons, but it was across a wide range of related technologies, including strategic bombers, nuclear-powered submarines, intercontinental missiles, 
and the size of the weapons themselves. On November 1, 1952, the United States upped the stakes with the detonation of the first thermonuclear device, also known as a hydrogen bomb or H-bomb. Using energy from nuclear fusion instead of just fission, which was used in all previous bombs, this explosion was significantly larger than all the others which came before it. The bomb, known as Ivy Mike, was detonated with the equivalent of 10 million tons of TNT, or 10 megatons. In comparison, the bomb dropped on Hiroshima was only 15 kilotons. In less than a year, on August 12, 1953, the Soviets followed suit with an H-bomb test of their own. Dubbed Joe 4 by the Americans, it was a 400-kiloton hydrogen bomb, much smaller than the American device, but much larger than anything else which the Soviets had previously detonated. On March 1, 1954, the United States conducted a test called Castle Bravo, which was a 15-megaton device. It was, and remains, the largest nuclear test ever conducted by the United States. A year later, the Soviets detonated their first megaton-sized device with the RDS-37. On November 22, 1955, the device was detonated with a yield of 1.6 megatons. Despite being the largest bomb they had ever tested, the weapon was still an order of magnitude smaller than the bombs the Americans had. By this time, Stalin had died and Nikita Khrushchev had come to power, and the Cold War had gone into high gear. It wasn't just a matter of being militarily prepared, it was also a cultural conflict now. In 1959, Khrushchev had his famous kitchen debate with Vice President Richard Nixon at a cultural exhibit in Moscow. The two went back and forth about which system was superior, and during the debate, Khrushchev used a Russian expression that really didn't translate well. Khrushchev said that the Soviet Union would surpass the United States and said, quote, We will show you Kuska's mother. Unquote. The American interpreter had no idea what he was saying. He knew Russian, but he didn't know the expression. He translated it literally talking about someone's mother. Showing someone Kuska's mother is a Russian expression for saying, I'll show you, or we'll teach you a lesson. I mention this because as the Soviets entered the 1960s, they were working on a really big bomb. The code word which was used internally for the weapon was Kuska's mother. The term Tsar Bomba comes from several other things in Russian history which were really big. The Tsar Bell and the Tsar Cannon were a giant bell and cannon respectively. The equivalent would be calling something the king if it were the largest or the best, sort of how Budweiser is the king of beers. The initial plans were for a 100 megaton bomb. The reason for a bomb of this size was mostly for propaganda purposes. A bomb this large would be impossible to deliver with existing missile technology and extremely difficult to deliver even with a bomber. The test of the weapon was ready to go in 1961. It was a matter of when it would be detonated to maximize propaganda. At first, it was delayed due to a summit between Kennedy and Khrushchev. On October 17, 1961, Khrushchev announced the bomb to the 22nd Congress of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. And on October 30th, the test was ready to go. The size of the test was reduced from 100 megatons down to just 50. Just 50 megatons might not really hammer the point home just how big this explosion would be. 50 megatons would still be over three times larger than any other nuclear explosion previously. The test would take place on Novaya Zelma, a remote archipelago located above the Arctic Circle. The bomb would have to be delivered by a Tu-95 bomber. The bomb was too large to be delivered by a missile. In fact, the bomber had to be modified because the bomb was so large. They removed the Bombay doors and also some of the fuel tanks. The plane was painted with a special reflective paint so the plane would reflect heat from the blast. The bomber crew was only given a 50% chance of surviving the mission. 
The calculations put the bomber at a distance of 45 kilometers away when the bomb would detonate. The pilot, Andrei Dustinov, actually ignored his orders after the bomb was dropped by increasing his speed away from the bomb and going as fast as he possibly could. If you only have a 50% chance of survival, why not? The bomb was released at an altitude of 10,500 meters and was detonated at 4,000 meters. The explosion was tremendous. The diameter of the fireball was 8 kilometers or 5 miles wide at its maximum. Oddly enough, the shockwave was so powerful that it bounced off the ground, preventing the fireball from reaching the surface. The mushroom cloud from the explosion was 67 kilometers or 42 miles high, or seven times the height of Mount Everest. Despite being detonated four kilometers above the surface, it still registered as a 5.2 earthquake on the Richter scale. A village located 55 kilometers away from the blast was completely leveled. The heat from the explosion would have caused third-degree burns 100 kilometers away. One observer was able to see the flash and feel the heat from 190 kilometers away. Windows were broken as far as Finland and Norway. The explosion was the equivalent in size of 20% of every nuclear weapon which had ever been detonated up to that point and was 3,000 times the size of the bomb which was dropped on Hiroshima. The bomber which dropped the bomb survived, but only after dropping a kilometer in altitude after it was hit by the shockwave. The fallout from this explosion, pun intended, was widespread. The Soviets saw no need for further testing of anything larger. A larger bomb would result in a larger amount of nuclear fallout, the vast majority of which would fall in the Soviet Union. The primary designer of the bomb was a physicist named Andrei Sakharov. The bomb changed his mind about the development of nuclear weapons. He became a Soviet dissident and was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1975 for his efforts to stop the spread and escalation of nuclear weapons. The bomb was so large that neither the U.S. nor the Soviet Union saw any point in building larger weapons. They couldn't easily be delivered, and the damage was so great that it could hurt the party which dropped it, not just the recipients. The bomb helped pave the way for the 1963 Partial Test Ban Treaty, which banned the surface and space detonations of nuclear weapons. However, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one particular scientist who had absolutely no problem thinking of even bigger bombs. Edward Teller. Teller was unquestionably a brilliant physicist. Born in Hungary, he studied in Germany and immigrated to the U.S. along with other prominent German scientists to escape anti-Semitism. He worked on the Manhattan Project and was largely responsible for the development of the hydrogen bomb. It earned him the nickname the father of the H-bomb. Teller was far more concerned about the theoretical problems of building weapons and not the practical. His focus was on what could be built, not on what should be built. One of his designs was for a 10 thousand megaton bomb, or 10 gigatons, a bomb so stupefyingly large it's hard to even put into words. A 10 gigaton bomb couldn't even be practically tested anywhere. It would be the equivalent of all previous explosions, nuclear and conventional, in human history. A bomb of the size couldn't even be delivered. The largest airplane or rocket ever built couldn't carry it. How big would the explosion of such a weapon be? Nuclear historian Alex Wallerstein said, quote, A 10,000 megaton weapon, by my estimation, would be powerful enough to set all of New England on fire, or most of California, or all of the UK and Ireland, or all of France, or all of Germany, or all of North and South Korea, and so on. Unquote. Thankfully, Teller's idea went absolutely nowhere. Not surprisingly, Edward Teller was one of the inspirations for the character Dr. Strangelove. 
60 years later, the Tsar Bomba remains the largest explosion in human history, a distinction which it will hopefully keep for the rest of human history. Executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is James Makala. Please remember to support the show over at Patreon.com, where you can get exclusive merchandise and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review to have your review read online.